connectors of taste, sommeliers are more than experts at pairing great wine and food. Hear from the wine, beer, and spirit storytellers we entrust to guide us towards the discovery of things we never even knew we loved on the Sommelier Podcast. How you guys doing? I'm Tony Arce. Welcome to the Sommelier Podcast. Today I'm joined by Marsha Wright, lead sommelier, Greek brands of the Dynamic Hospitality Group. Marsha, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. No, thank you very much. Absolutely. What a pleasure getting to know you. Just uh, such a uh, fresh breath there. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate that. This is a wonderful platform that you have, and I definitely want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for uh, doing this and inviting me out. Oh, well, thank you. No, I appreciate you. And um, I just love your story because uh, very, very eclectic background in the sense that you know, it's not always the, the traditional path one takes to get to where they're at, right? Correct. It rarely ever is. But right. uh, for you, Southside girl and corporate background in finance and accounting, yes. right? Yes. Tell me how you got into wine. <laughs> um, well, as you stated, I have a uh, finance um, background. I was in corporate America, um, started out um, that way. Um, the office routine nine to five just wasn't uh, for me. Mm. Um, but of course, you know, you have perks with the corporate life, um, going out to fancy dinners and, you know, um, drinking wine. And um, <laughs> on one of those occasions, I just uh, just really got into the food and the wine. Um, so I grabbed some books on my own, kind of like wine for dummies, um, on my own, started studying them, um, just you know, um, reading through them, and then I decided to take the leap and enroll in some courses, um, quartermasters, W said, um, and then from there um, succeeded past um, levels and took the leap, took a leap of faith, and it was definitely a leap of faith coming from you know that world, uh, making as much as I was to pretty much starting out again at rock bottom, but. You know, my parents raised a strong Southside girl. Mm. You know, you got to crawl before you can walk. Absolutely. And I was willing to do that because um, I wanted to follow what was uh, passionate, what was what I had passion in my heart for. So Absolutely. No, and, and it seems like you also have a passion, too, for as we talked about in the African-American community, that it's not, I mean, it's not something that you see very much culturally, right? Um, right. And, and, and talk to me a little bit about that, just mm-hmm. what... What was it that you noticed or recognized now, kind of looking back, Mm -hmm. but also that at those moments when you were starting to express interest, what was it that drew you to it, right? Mm -hmm. That maybe you just weren't aware of because of, uh, you know, cultural upbringing, if you will. Right, exactly. Um, Well, you know, my parents drank wine, but they drank wine from the the big wicker basket, the Italian wine (laughs) that that they drank back in the day. Um, So, you know, they always enjoyed, you know, wine with their dinner um, and then on special occasions um, especially Easter we would each be given like a one ounce pour of the Manischewitz that uh, they allowed us to drink for the, that once a <laughs> no year way. yeah so um, it was just you know culturally it's just I mean African Americans just weren't um, the ones that I were around just weren't um, really you know um, exposed to wine sure so when I took that path um, and I didn't see a lot of people who looked like me For so sure. um, but that definitely didn't stop me and it doesn't intimidate me it just makes me um, want to go harder and go harder go faster too yes yes so um, and one thing I did notice is that um, a lot of African Americans were uh, 
afraid or intimidated to um, talk about wine, speak about wine, even know about wine because they were, you know, maybe embarrassed to like ask questions um, because they didn't want to seem like they were, you know, um, ignorant to the facts of wine. Um, So um, that was one of the reasons why um, I'm very passionate about education as well. So um, my path will lead to um, being an educator because I just want to share all the knowledge that, you know, I have learned and I want everyone to um, be, you know, privy to that as well. And you, it seems like you're, you I mean, you're definitely headed down that path, but yes. tell me a little bit about how that has transitioned to you from being just a sommelier, I don't say just sommelier, but <laughs> you know, the idea of being a sommelier and, and being in a restaurant, but now the role that you've taken with Dynamic. Um, it's, you know, the sommelier over the years has changed the definition. Um, cause again, I'll use the term back in the day. Um, it was pretty much, you know, service oriented, you know, person ordered a bottle of wine, the sommelier would bring it out, um, present it, pour it, uh, follow up and so forth. Now, um, sommeliers, especially in my role, we create wine lists, we, um, put together training packets. We're doing education classes, which is what I do as well. Um, so um, you're also on the floor as well. You're recommending. You're uh, when you're walking the floor and you see people that have wine. You know, it might. I have a tendency to stop over and go, "How is that? You know, that goes great with that, doesn't it? You know, kind of engage and have conversation. And um, I think that's what's surprising to people because people are like, "Oh, wow." they actually engaged, you know, with me. Um, so I think, you know, sommeliers also um, often had a uh, kind of a reputation of being, you know, kind of snobbish, you know, in the, you know, back in, you know, behind the scenes, not really um, communicating with guests unless they, you know, um, purchase a bottle of wine. But, you know, I walk my floor and, you know, if I see wine, great, I'll, you know, have a chit chat with them about it, you know, how it pairs with the food and so forth. So I think people like the fact that I'm very personable and I'm very approachable. So that's one thing that as a sommelier, um, we, you know, have to kind of, you know, um, I guess kind of get out of that um, pigeonhole of, of being that way of not being approachable. So, um, and that's how um, I lead my program, and that's how you know I lead myself in general. No, and that's how we met. I mean, you're very approachable. Yes. So thank you. We, met, we met at a, a nice wine event. It yes. was a Vanitaly press conference. Yes, so. yes, the Casadis. Yeah, yes. Casadis. Yes. It was wonderful. Now, yes. you know, that's another part of, of, of your job and, and the things mm-hmm. that you do to keep up and just you know be involved in the community as well. And absolutely, t- talk to me a little bit about that, about what that community looks like but also from the perspective of the things that you're doing online, right? Because that's also played a vital role now uh, in, in who you identify with as a person, but also right. as a brand and what you bring to Dynamic, right? Tell me a little bit about just you know cultivating that community both online and offline. Yeah, well, um, offline, I love to cook at home. Um, so I cook a lot and then I pair with um, whatever I cook with, you know, wines that I have for my collection or wines that, you know, my distributors or vendors might have dropped off for me to try and so forth. Cause that's, that's my, um, that's my jam right there is Mm. pairing food with wine. That's a perfect marriage. And, um, I just want to share that passion with other people. So, um, I'm often on Instagram all the time, posting my pictures and my wine and (laughs) what I've drank the whole week, what I'm drinking this weekend, you know, telling secrets and all kind of things. So, 
Um, and that's how, you know, the community has found me um, and started following me. I get, you know, people who ask me questions, you know, offline, um, ask for recommendations. I love when people ask me for recommendations because um, I love to, you know, take people on a journey with wine and food. So um, I just love it. I love I love the passion you have behind it. Thank now, you. Thank you. <laughs> so so when it comes to wine and being approachable to wine, mm-hmm. what advice do you, do you give to people that don't have a lot of experience in it? Mm-hmm. Maybe you know haven't really started drinking. They they have a, a, a limited palate just because of the limited experiences right. exactly. they had. You know another yeah. reason. But but as far as being introduced to wine mm-hmm. and finding out what you like without feeling intimidated, because when you go to the grocery store, you know the the wine you know shop that. There's a lot of choices. Yeah, no. <laughs> There's a lot of wine. Yeah. There's a lot of wine. There's no <laughs> lot shortage of, of wine. No, never, never. <laughs> and they all look, you know, either really similar or totally different. You're right. Like, where do I begin? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, what I would, my advice to people would be uh, just be yourself, first of all. Um, be yourself. Find your palate. You know, um, for beginner drinkers, um, they often start off with something light or sweet, which is perfectly fine, and you build your palate from there. Um, so introducing yourself to red wines the same way. Um, there's some really light, fruity, juicy red wines that um, will be perfect for someone who is just starting out with wine, not very tannic, so they won't have that you know bitterness as people equate it to in their mouths. So um, I would take them on you know a journey that would be um, suitable for them, and I definitely wouldn't you know. Uh, start them out on something like Bordeaux or mm-hmm. you know uh, a Napa Cab. You know, um, there's a th- there's a way that you should definitely do it because that's the way I started as well. You know, I started off in one spot and you know here I am all these years later, all these years later, um, <laughs> lots of years later, um, and my palate has progressed. So um, I would tell them to be themselves and be patient. Because um, you won't get the palate that I have in a year. Right, you won't get right, the palate yeah. that I have in six months. Or you might not get it in five years. Everyone has their own course. Everyone has their own journey. So just stay with the course and your journey will be, you know, fulfilling at the end. So no, That's good advice. Yeah. Um, as far as your palate, you know, how, have you noticed that it's changed for you when it comes to food as well because of your journey through wine? Yes, it has. Uh, that's a very interesting question. Um as crazy as this may sound, um, I used to eat when I was a lot younger. <laughs> um, I used to eat a lot of chicken, um, and I really didn't um, have uh, red meat or beef in my um, repertoire back then because mm-hmm. I was just, you know, kind of just eating uh, uh, chicken. Um, but as my palate grew, um, like more sophisticated, and I loved, you know, bolder, bigger. Um, better wines, um, I had to incorporate red meat with that as well. Not, not a lot, but um, definitely um, have like taken a journey along with that where it's, you know, before it may have been 80% chicken, just 20%, you know, red meat. Now it's kind of like, you know. 60-40? Uh, yeah, 60-40, <laughs> maybe 50-50. Oh, really? So, yeah, yeah, probably like 60-40, yeah. But, um, yeah, but I took that journey with wine um, and with food at the same time because they pair so well beautifully. That's so interesting. So, so yeah. yeah, take me, if you could just tell me, take me through that a little more just in terms mm-hmm. of what you're kind of experiencing because mm-hmm. it's, it's to have this a little bit one-dimensional you know, right. palate when it comes to chicken, right? right? <laughs> but then you go on this wine journey and it almost seems like the wine itself right. was asking for right. a different you right. know, exactly. pairing. Exactly. So if I'm trying a... Um, 
a nice bold Syrah from um, from Spain or from Argentina or from Chile um, that would scream a, a nice piece of red meat with it. So, <laughs> oh, you know, wow. okay. um, chicken would definitely go with it. I mean, I'm not saying that it, it, it doesn't. So for all, for all of those who don't eat meat, I'm just saying chicken would, you know, sure. go with it. But um, just once you try a piece of meat with it in that pairing, it just explodes in your mouth. So, so that's, you know, that was kind of my journey. I was like, oh. So this is it. Interesting. Great. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's wild what, what it does, but it you know it makes makes a huge impact, right? right. In the way that in the order in which you drink things, and you know. exactly. Yes. Now, for sure. Now, as far as now, taking a step back a little bit and, and mm-hmm. that transition from corporate America, what was the biggest thing or the biggest fear you had to overcome in order to to dive into this? Because it's such. Uh, uh, you know, a huge leap in terms right. of industry, profession, right. I mean, everything, yes. right? Yes. Uh, well, my my biggest fear was that uh, people would think I'm crazy. <laughs> <laughs> people would think I've lost my ever-loving mind. Did they? Because, uh, no, not really. No? Yeah, no, not really. <laughs> Maybe some people, but they didn't at least tell me to my face or show it to me <laughs> in my face, so... Um, but that was my biggest fear because, you know, if you look at my resume and it's like, oh, you've worked for some of the biggest, you know, CPA firms and accounting firms in the world. But here you are wearing a job in a wine shop or, you know, doing wine. And I was like, yep, sure do. And then, you know, I, you know, go through my experience and my journey and they would look at me with wide eyes and go, wow, OK, you're hired. Um, so I also think also uh, my business background and my business acumen that I carried from corporate America, you know, obviously carried over into the wine industry. So I think they appreciated that, too. So I think I had maybe a leg up on, on that part. But mm. I think I had a, to prove myself on the actual wine, you know, knowledge and um, in that journey because, you know, I had the, the one, but they weren't so sure about the other because, you know, I came straight from corporate America. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> And it seems literally. like something out of a movie, like the plot of a movie. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Like Jennifer, uh, literally. Like one day I was here, and the next day I'm there. Yeah. I mean, I had to change everything, even my dress. I had to go out and buy clothes to, like, wear, you know, at, you know, the right, wine shops. Right. Because, you know, all of my attire were, you know, three-piece, very expensive suits that I wore, you know, every day. But, which you wouldn't want to wear, you know, at a right, wine shop. Right. <laughs> so is that where you started then when you got, like, uh, your first job out? Yes, I did. I started at a, um, a chain in Chicago that was called Wine Styles. No way. And yes, yes. It was, um, it was very interesting. So um, I came in as sort of a... Um, marketing slash salesperson <laughs> and then I just kind of just worked my way up to kind of run in the shop and um, the owner bought you know a couple of other shops and helped out with that as well so kind of got some really good experience so I was I was very lucky my journey was um, was very special and it was mine so but you know what I'm hearing too is is the the story of the 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 experience that you're bringing right because everyone has these these unique talents as uh, talents and experiences but they don't always pursue their passions because of those fears that hold them back exactly. money and whatever yes, else exactly you know, like, yeah this is crazy yeah. what are people gonna think <laughs> right you, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um but it just seems like when when you show up and you have this extra thing that mm-hmm. maybe someone else who just focused on that industry doesn't have right it really does set you apart in a way that makes you valuable to those around you right exactly yes now what have you noticed as far as yourself, like your your demeanor, your personality? Mm-hmm. What has changed about you, like looking today versus the corporate America you? 
Um, well, I've mellowed out a little bit. Yeah. No. <laughs> I think but the wine may have something to do with that. No. Um, well, you think you have, though? I think I have. Yeah. Okay. Yes, because, you know, accounting and finance can make you crazy. And it's just, you know, when things don't balance, you're like, oh, my God, where where is this? You know, so you kind of like always on pins and needles, especially at the end of the month mm-hmm. when you have to do the closure books on month end. Um, but now it's kind of like um, in a lot of the controls that you don't have in corporate America, you know, I have as a program leader mm. um, in, you know, the restaurant industry, you know, I can control the wine list so I control all the costs so if I blow my budget guess who's to blame yeah me I have nobody else to look to so then I have to regroup and um, you know focus on that so I think that um, having control more control over it has mellowed me out so because (laughs) then I I mean I I can't don't have control over you know a 50 billion dollar corporation yeah and what happens and you know expenses and all that and you know expenditures and things like that, but, you know, um, I do have control over a wine list that I curate. And and, and how, because you're focused on Mediterranean, and that's your role right now. It doesn't mean that that's your future necessarily forever, right? Right. Right. But talk to me about your approach then, you know, what makes, because it's funny that um, you're the second African-American sommelier that works in a Mediterranean restaurant. Yes, so I've heard. Yes, yes, this is fabulous. Yes, we're breaking down doors. So I think it'd be cool to hear your approach, right? Not that it's, it's, you know, just because you share those similarities that you can see people, you're totally different (laughs) human beings. But, you know, just your perspective on how you approach building a wine list, but Mm -hmm. being specific to... Mm -hmm. Um, Mediterranean, right? Correct, yes. Like, is it... Yeah, just, I want to hear your take on it. Yeah, well, the um, first being the Mediterranean, specifically Greece. Um, Mm. There are different islands um, throughout Greece that have different soil types and so forth. So you definitely have different flavor profiles. um, And the flavor profiles are actually very similar to some of the New World grapes. However, nobody just knows about Greece. And that's the whole thing. Um, nobody really knows about it. So when you say Assertico, they're like, oh, what's that? You mm-hmm. know, But it's the main grape of the island of Santorini in Greece. Mm. But if you didn't know that, then you wouldn't know. Right. So um, it's just a lot of indigenous grapes to, um, that are in Greece. So how you approach that is you just compare them to um, a, a grape that um, the consumers are familiar with, like Sancerres and Chardonnays and Vignes and uh, Pinot Noirs, um, um, Nebbiolos. So you just kind of take the Greek grape and you kind of compare it um, and say it has similar characteristics and is comparable to this New World grape. And then people, the light bulb kind of goes off. And it's like, oh, okay, I get it. So, yeah, and I love to do comparisons. And I also love to do tastings. I love to taste. You know, I would, you know, tell people I'm going to take you on a journey. Just tell me what you normally drink and I'll be right back. So that's what I normally do um, to kind of bring them over to the Mediterranean side. No, I like that approach. And, <laughs> yes. and honestly, I can see why, you know, it's so intimidating sometimes. Right, <laughs> yeah. so many varieties. Right, because you know, how many people, if you walk on the street and be like, uh, do you know any grapes from Greece? Yeah. Any wine or grapes from Greece? Can you name any grapes? Like, yeah, and they're like, <laughs> what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They'll be like, huh, what? Right, <laughs> yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. So that's all it is. It's just the not knowing, the unknown. And then what about the relationship with the chefs? Like, what? Mm-hmm. talk to me a little bit about that, you know, how, how you build rapport, how you mm-hmm. guys come together to... Mm-hmm. Um, pair the wine with the food. 
Um, well, we have a phenomenal chef um, at Dynamic, um, Athena Gordas. He is um, a Michelin star chef uh, from Greece, so um, also a top chef Greece winner. So, um, oh, awesome. yes, he has. Uh, comes with uh, strong accolades, but is, but a very strong passion uh, for food as well. Uh, very meticulous in the kitchen, and um, I generally, you know, taste what he has, and I, I pair with that, and we're definitely on the same page at all times. So it's it's you normally don't see that a lot in restaurants because you know sometimes you get that you know headbutting. But I've been very lucky in my career that I've had. Uh, I've worked with some great chefs and um, uh, Athena Gordas is just at the top of the list. So, That's awesome. Yeah. That's great yeah. to hear. So uh, tell me about the restaurants. Just people want to come and visit you. Where do they mm-hmm. find you? Um, they can find me at Lyra, which is 905 West Fulton Market, or our newest restaurant out in Oak Brook, um, Oak Brook Center, 260 Oak Brook Center. It's called Taverna Violi. So I am at uh, both of those locations, and that's where you'll find me. Um, I'm responsible for all the wines, send me any feedback. Um, I, I love to hear it, and I also am on Instagram, WineDiva919, and TikTok, WineDiva919 as well. That's Check out what I'm eating and what I'm drinking. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> no, and, and as far as the, the future, what's the vision for, for you, for your your brand, your career, right? Uh, mm-hmm. What can we expect? Um, education. I'd love to. Um, well, I am now because I um, have taken on the education portion of wine at uh, Dynamic as well. So um, I would love to just continue down that education path, um, just sharing my knowledge um, and just um, making wine unintimidating to people. So I think you're also great. And, and very approachable. So when they. Uh, talk about wine and, and they have questions, I want them to come to me. I'm their go-to. Awesome. Well, on that note, I want to thank you, Mark, for coming in and just thank you. being a part of our community. Thank you very much. I really appreciate this, Tony. Yeah.